Blog Talk Radio. Thank you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. This is Real Side of Wrestling. I'm your host, the main event referee, the original deathmatch referee, John Gray. And uh, as always, my producer, Jesse Baker, with us. We've got a pretty exciting show tonight, Jesse. What do you think? Oh, I'm super stoked, man. I'm uh, very, very happy to have Bikini Bottom's most favorite, Dan. Hi. The master Bikini of the Bottom. flip-flop shop himself, Cabana Man Dan. Yes. Yes, I How's hope everybody's going, doing the flip-flops. Dan, thanks so much for joining us. We do appreciate it, dude. Uh, I know you're fairly busy. Um, are you, uh, j- just curious, are you essential? Uh, have you been, you know, staying busy throughout all this crazy I was, I was essential until they deemed several of us unessential and then laid us off. Okay. So I got, uh, I I got, I got straight up terminated uh, due to COVID-19 impacting business. That's horrible. That's horrible. It's all right. Just, it's okay. They they they, they sent us they sent us with some uh some white envelopes in the end of the night. So they took care of us, I guess, for like oh it wasn't a better. Term. They didn't just give you a hot dog and a handshake. No, no, they gave they gave uh they gave some uh severance and all that. About the worst thing that happened was okay. they cut the insurance immediately. Yeah. So, sounds like you it's weren't working good. for Rocket City. I mean uh. I, I can't believe I just said that. Um, well, if I wanted to work for them, I'd... I'd oh, hold on a second. My alarm's going off. There we go. alarm's going off? Yeah, if I wanted to do that, I'd, I'd pay $25 for my own merch table rental and sell stuff. Anyway. <laughs> Vendor fee, the, shit. The guns Things I don't are loaded. 100, Alex. Wow. The guns are loaded. Holy yeah, shit. I've been under quarantine um, for a long time, so... I'm, I'm shooting, brother. Ready to get look, spicy. Look out, look, look out, Daniel Perez. He's coming for you. Uh-oh. I wouldn't come after my son like that. <laughs> He's my wrestling. In, in, all, in all seriousness, um, you, you, you've been busy uh, before all of this, uh, doing the Chikara thing. Uh, you made a debut yeah. in Chikara Action Arcade. Um, you know, huge year. You won the big gold belt down in New South, participated in a Haas tournament. Uh, you and Dump Sanders uh, did a tag team, brought the tag team back for uh, a one-night-only deal. You, you've been real busy. Yeah, man. It was uh, 2019 was a banner year. It's the coolest. I mean, it's the coolest year I've ever had in wrestling. And, you know, I don't – I feel like I could never – match that magic again i was on the way to do that i guess in 2020 and then you know everything happened the way it did and uh put everything on a pause so but it's okay it's all good well you know speaking of pauses and i'm kind of glad you brought that up because i I wanted to get to that uh you you actually started your career uh what 19 years ago yeah 19 years ago okay but you took what three four years off with an injury uh six Six years off. From, so, uh, so tell us, from 20, take, 2010 take to back. 2016 was off. Okay, so, so take us back to the injury. What, what exactly happened? How did it happen? Where did it happen? Well, um, you know, it, how it happened, I still don't know to this day. I think it was just bad luck. Um, it was at mm. Pro South Wrestling in Piedmont Wrestling. Christian Haim, a guy that I've wrestled yeah. dozens of times and beat the hell out of each other and had some really great matches up and down uh, Alabama and Indiana and all that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. nothing in the match was messed up. Nothing was dangerous. And then two days later, um, I felt like a knife stabbing me in the neck, and I had a shooting pain from my elbow down. 
and my hand was paralyzed. Um, come to find out, I had several pinched nerves in my neck, and uh, I figured uh, I would take time off, you know, for the time being. Uh, it was God's way of telling me, hey, you need to slow down. You got other stuff to take care of, and uh, that turned into do you six know, years. Do you know then, what move it was? No, I, I don't. It, it was just, it could have been anything in the match. Oh, wow. Um, I was I was perfectly fine for two days, and then on Sunday night, I woke up at 2 a.m. to a stabbing pain in my neck, and I don't really know what happened. Wow. Amazing. That's but at that time, I, was, I had been wrestling for nine years. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, don't, I don't know. It's just one of them things. So what what led to the six year hiatus? I mean, just did you just kind of like fall out of love with it, or did you just think you know, career is over now? You know, what what was the the thought process behind taking well, so long I, off? Well, you know, I got I got really emotional about it, um, in a personal aspect. It was like, yeah, wrestling's fun, but I'd really like to use my hand again. I mean, I'm gonna have a child one day. I'd like to be able able to hold a baby safely, mm-hmm. and you know, I can't yeah. do that. And, at the time, I was working a, a job where I was very hands-on, and it was very difficult for about six months trying to perform my my work, you know, with the drawn-in hand. But um, right. after after about six months of uh, chiropractic uh, therapy three times a week, um, you know, the pain neck pain went away for the most part. The feeling went back almost all the way back to my hand, and you know, I was functioning perfect again. But I just, I just figured, uh, you know, wrestling did that, and I needed to take a break, and you know, the scene wasn't really what it is today, and I just kind of got busy with life, you know, uh, got married, had a kid, had a YouTube channel, and I just was fine with it. Well, you know, Dan, I always said, you know, we we put a man on the moon. I'm sure we could have found a woman to put on you, and we sure did. So, you know, uh, there you go. <laughs> I, gotta, I have to thank I gotta her every single day with putting up with me. Amen. I, I, I got the same problem. <laughs> well, I guess the big question there too uh, is after that long of a hiatus and kind of you know getting into a whole bunch of other stuff and doing some real life. What brought you back? Well, New South um, mm-hmm. started running, and then uh, Dump Sanders said, "Hey." He invited me to come check out a show and just hang out, man. You know, no no booking or anything like that. Just come come be a friend. So I started showing up to the New South shows, and they'd find me something to do, like agent matches or do commentary or just, you know, just be a hand backstage. And then um, did that for a couple shows, maybe three shows. And I, I was already kind of working out in the gym, uh, getting in shape, you know, thinking I'm going to have one more match. It's going to be at New South. It's going to be awesome. Um, and then uh, for Wind City, June 2016, a week before the show, I get a call from Dump saying, hey, uh, John Wayne Murdoch canceled on us. Uh, I'd really like it if you could work Christian Haim again. And I uh, just laughed at him. I was like, I haven't been in the ring in six weeks or six years, and this is New South. I mean, I was nervous because, I mean, to me, I was like, this, this was the, the show that brought magic back for me. And people were out there having banger matches. Like, there's no way I can have a match anywhere as good uh, with six years off as anybody as, as the rest of these matches are, I was just I was really worried about it. Mm-hmm. Did it make you? Um, I mean, were you know, trepidatious given the fact that it was Christian Haim again after you know 
No, everything I mean, if there was anybody, if, if there was anybody that I'd want to get back into wrestling with, it would be against him. I mean, I hold zero ill will against him because he didn't hurt me. I yeah, you know, shit happens. I don't I don't know what happened. You know, um, it was just uh, happened? a brief thing. I haven't seen him in a year. Uh, well, he wrestled for a long time, and now he's an Ironman and marathon runner. You know, we, I still talk to him every mm. now and again, and uh, he's doing great. He's got two kids. You know, uh, the, the last time I seen him was for Insanity Pro, and he had just started the Ironman stuff um, yeah. at that point. So uh, good to hear he's still doing that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, well, right now he's doing virtual marathons and races and you know, he he came out of uh, hiatus a couple of times here or there. I mean, he worked a new style show after he already stopped for a while, and then I think he came and worked Rocket City against Nick Tramer, one of his tra- trainees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there you go. So you, you came back, your your first show, uh, Christian Hain, New South. How did it go? What was your overall thought uh, I was of, terrible. of the match? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you have a guy that doesn't have, um, I guess, uh, ring fitness in six years versus the marathon Ironman. You're going to get your ass blown up because that's what had happened. He carried me through it. And it was just, you know, I was sucking gas the whole time. And then, you know, the crowd, the crowd back then has, you know, it's kind of evolved now. But back then they were, they were a pretty hard crowd on people. You know, there were people booing me because I just wasn't I wasn't hanging with them and uh, you know mm-hmm. people knew it and uh, that was tough because they were more like a smart crowd um, and kind of kind of bloodthirsty back then right so right. they gave it to me I've noticed that the crowd in Alabama is way different than any other crowd I think I've ever worked before in my entire career and um, you know that <laughs> that's not to be taken in a negative light I love the crowd here but it's just it's 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 a different crowd than than you know a GCW crowd or a, you know um, a Mid South crowd or, or any of that. So it's uh have you do you do you have a problem adapting sometimes to different crowd styles and and you know smart crowds against you know your basic fan per se. Um, for, for example, you know, Chikara, I, I would imagine they're, they're probably a majority of, of a, you know, a smart crowd. Would, it, would that be a fair statement? They're a smart crowd. Uh, they're very forgiving. They, But they're there to be, to go along for the ride. You know, they get some of the silly antics. They they want the crowd participation. They like being part of the show. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as far as having any problem adapting, I mean, you know, I can do a new style show. I can do a pro style show. I can do a Southern Underground pro show, which is in a, a bar, and that's like a 21 and up show. And I don't really change a whole lot. It just depends on the situation. You know, when I debuted there, I didn't, you know, I came out as normal Cabana Man Dan to get all of the CMD spots in and all the crowd participation, the flip-flop shops. And then fast forward, like two years later, I'm in a bloodbath with Marco Sunt, Dom Guarini, and Kevin Koo. You know, it's just it's just how it evolved there, and you know, it became more serious. Um, yeah, I've heard a lot you know, about it, that match. I, I've got to get my hands on it. I'd love to see it. IWTV, yeah, uh, baby. It, yeah, there you go. It's on IWTV. It, it I think it's for free on YouTube now, on, on the Southern okay. Underground Pro channel. 
I uh, I, I want to speak to that just a little bit. I'm I'm based in Nashville, so I go. I'm actually a sponsor of several of those Southern Underground shows. My bar, um, and I the first one I ever went to was I think the second one that they held at Basin East, and then I've been at every okay. single one since then. Um, it's it's such a it. I'm, I'm a lifelong wrestling fan, and it's such a unique environment. Um, just being in that. A lot of that crowd, you know, a lot of them don't come in as wrestling fans. You know what I mean? I mean, no. daytime yeah. on a Sunday. <laughs> like, um, did you, I, I, I'm, I'm a little, I'm not entirely sure on all this, but you just showed up to help set up and weren't booked when you initially worked up, right? That's right. Um, I showed up for Achy Breaky Heart, and I had talked to uh, Righteous Jesse at uh, the Scenic City Rumble, I think. He had a table set up. He told me they were booked. I was like, no, I know y'all are booked. I mean, y'all show looks like it's great. I'm just wanting to come uh, uh, drink some beer and enjoy a show and lend a hand. And that's kind of just where I left it. And, um, you know, Mother Nature was in my favor and not in some other favors uh, for some other people. Uh, the freelance car from Chicago got canceled due to snowstorms. So uh, hmm. me, Marco Stunt, and uh, some others, the whole card changed. O'Shea, I, I, maybe O'Shea? I think he was on the next one. But uh, there was a lot of us that debuted because of because of the freelance car canceling. And they had to just totally change the show. I think that might have been also my first show that I went to. Um, but that's crazy how, how fortuitous that is. It's it's such a different kind of product. I got to give nothing but big ups to those guys. That it, it, it's um, it's really cool. But that bloodbath match, that tag match with you and Marco versus Violence is Forever is you know not the normal fare even for Southern Underground. They've they've had a couple of sort of deathmatchy things, but how different was that for you? Uh, that ring bell spot number one. <laughs> that wasn't a spot. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Like that was that was a that was a shoot ring bell to the back of the head. Yeah, and, how, how and intense Dom was that experience? No, uh, it, it fucking sucked. Like, I don't know. I mean, that kind of match is so barbaric, and I've never, I've never been in a match. I've never like been in a, a bloody match like that, or, or like a hardcore match to that level. So I can definitely understand getting carried away, and that's just what had happened. It was just, uh, you know, just in the moment, and um, Dom just grabbed the bell and just whacked me in the back of the head with it, and. Uh, he 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 literally rung my bell, and if you listen to the audio, you hear <laughs> the bell ringing off of my skull, and it's it's oh, sickening. But the thing is, is right after that happened, I knew I had to turn around and take one to the front. So mm. that that that's what had happened. So I had to pretty much just get over it, uh, and and continue the match, and it left a kind of like a goose egg on the back of my head, and. Um, but it's whatever. It was it was it was, more, it was memorable. It was a moment. It happened. Uh, you know, Dom apologized about it uh, profusely, and uh, it didn't kill me. So I'm good. What are your just you, made just curious? Could you, I, I, there you go. Just just curious, real quick. You mentioned that you know you hadn't done a whole lot of deathmatchy stuff or hardcore stuff up to that point. What are your thoughts on deathmatch wrestling as a whole? I mean, I'm fine with it. It's just another flavor of ice cream to me. I mean, it's its own niche. It's like Chikara. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to love what we do up there. It's just like Southern Underground Pro people. Not everybody loves what we do there. 
Um, right. You know, it's whatever. If it, you know, if it floats your boat, you know, ride the ship. I'm fine with it. Let's talk a little bit about I mean, for, for me for personally. If I'm going to be involved in something like that, I want it to be a build. But that's just my personal preference. You know, I, 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 right. I wouldn't enjoy being in a deathmatch tournament, but I'd rather have a blood feud with a couple of guys that's been that was an eight month long feud, and it culminated into the blow off match, and it was it was what it needed to be because we hated each I'm other. Both you point. and you know, it was, put you and Slack in a no rope electrified barbed wire and bull rope. Death I'm going to save that for uh, Cabana Man Daniel Perez. He can do that. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, Slack is he—he he is a, a hell of a hand to have on any show, uh, and and a lot of people sleep on Slack because they think he's just a deathmatch guy. But let me let me tell you, the man is—he is unbelievably intense and unbelievably smart, uh, as well as. A damn good technical wrestler as well. He can he can get up and get in there and mix it up uh, should he have to. He's not just a deathmatch guy, but um, hey, I, I, saw, I saw him uh, hang with Tony Deppin. So yeah, there you go. yeah, they had a phenomenal match. Yeah, well, you know, Deppin Tony Deppin is is you know he's he, a machine. He's, he's destined to be a star. Okay, I I, I think we're going to be watching him on Monday or Wednesday nights very 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 soon. So it's just my opinion. Um, I agree. You know, I'm 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 very very high up on on Tony Deppin. Let's talk about Wombat for just a minute. That uh, I believe okay. that would be the second time we met um, after, outside of New South. Uh, we 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 kind of quasi met at the collective last year, um, yeah. passing each other. Uh, I spent half the day looking for you and couldn't find you, and then <laughs> I kept asking, "Where in the heck is Gatson, Alabama guy?" Because um, you had on the Gatson Alabama shirt, um, never did find you at the collective, but we 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 crossed paths quite a few times while we were there. Um, that whole week was a blur. I was either drunk or asleep, or at the or at the White Eagle Hall. <laughs> it was it was quite a fun fun week, man. Uh, that wow, I was devastated. This year was 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 uh, was. Canceled. Oh yeah, I had uh, I had uh, quite a few things cooking for this year, but it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, I think a lot of people had a lot of things cooking for the collective this year, but you know, hopefully, um, hopefully Hollywood next year. And I can't wait to take my wife out to Hollywood, get her. Come here, get that's her a trek the right thing. there. I'm, I'm worried about making that one. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't wait. That's far. I, I, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna take two weeks and we're just gonna drive and we're gonna stop and we're gonna look at stuff and you know. We're gonna we're gonna make some memories out of this because uh, oh, yeah. I, I have a feeling this will probably be the last time, the one and only time I ever go to Hollywood. So yeah, <laughs> I, dude, I'm, I'm, gonna I'm make in the same boat, you know. If if I got well, memorable. the thing that was in my favor was is like whenever uh, you know Mania was in New Jersey, New York. I mean, I had shows that mm-hmm. I was working for, run shows, so that was good. Mm-hmm. And then in Orlando. Oh. Or Tampa, I'm sorry. There's going to be other shows I work for running again, so I've got like a familiar ground because I work primarily yeah. like East Coast and Midwest, but going all the way, mm-hmm. way to the West Coast, I really don't know anybody. And that's going to be a very yeah. difficult thing unless if some of these shows that I'm comfortable mm-hmm. with or have worked for mm-hmm. run again and I just show up like I did last time. No. 
It, you just never know, man. And, and, and you know, WrestleMania week is, is just a big... I, I don't know how else to describe it other than it's just a big clusterfuck of shows. I mean, <laughs> and, and, and I, don't mean that, I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Oh, you mean that but, in a bad I mean, way, Bob? Absolutely. I mean, there's, wow. there's just so much opportunity there. I mean, it's 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 crazy. And I'll, uh, I'll never I'll never really forget sh- the forget it. Go ahead. I'll never forget it. I mean, what hurt what hurt me more was you know I had I had friends from Alabama uh, book for shows for the first time for their Mania Week, and you know they don't get to have that first Mania Week until hopefully next year, and that sucks for yeah. them. You know, I had my time up there, and I was just glad to be along for the ride this time. Yeah. But, I mean, and, and not to take anything away from Tampa, but, you know, if you're going to debut for WrestleMania week, you know, Tampa, Hollywood, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just think, I think Hollywood's a bigger stage. And um, so, oh, yeah. you know, you, glass half full kind of kind of outlook on that. But, uh, you know, regardless, let, let's talk a little bit about Wombat there. Uh, I brought it up a second okay. ago, but... Um, we 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 met up there and and you had to deal with Nick Gage and I was when when I looking at it on paper and only seeing you know maybe a handful of your matches at that point I was like man this is this is really a mess I don't I don't a mess up not a mess not a mess a mess up um, of of you know styles um, I wasn't quite sure how either one of you would adapt to the other one, but you know what you two did was go out there and and, and you made magic. You did business for you know what nine and a half, ten minutes, something like that. Um, take us back to your thoughts going into that match. Were you intimidated at all working with Nick Gage? No, I mean, well, all right. Let's so let's let's pull back the curtain a little bit more. So um, that day was uh, Joey Janela's. Uh, I guess one of his first seminars, or it was a seminar of his, and I took it, right. and, um, and a couple other uh, New South guys took it. So when they needed some uh, enhancement matches for the Wombat show, they picked from us first because we were there first and helped contribute. Um, so Joey and Brett Lauderdale pulled me aside and was like, hey, we've got tons of respect for you, and you don't have to do this, but do you mind doing an enhancement match for us against Nick Gage? I go, well, God, it's goddamn Nick Gage. I'm, I'm in. I'm fine. Whatever y'all mm-hmm. want me to do, I do. And they were just nothing mm-hmm. but respectful and cool about it. And then even Nick yeah. Gage was like, you know, I know, I know Cabana Man Dan. I mean, we we worked a bunch of shows together. He's, he's a good guy. I don't want to squash him. So I'm not, I'm not going mm-hmm. to. So he said, hey, I wish, I wish we could do more out there, but I don't want to squash you. Uh, we got six minutes, and I want you to get as much as you can in, and then um, you know, really work with me. And then, you know, maybe down the road we'll have a real 12 to 15-minute match and just really kill it. it, it and really that hasn't happened yet. I, mean, I actually thought it was a little longer, but it, it really was fun. And, uh, you know, from the opening bell to the flip-flop, to, I, I believe I repped that match. I can't remember. Uh, but I think I was the third man in that match. Um, they I mean, all that, that's one of, that's like one of my dream matches. I wish it could have been, I wish it could have been like a, a more fleshed-out match. But that's a match I've been mm-hmm. wanting for a year or so because – you know, Nick's, he's, I mean, you know, to pull back another curtain, he's a wonderful dude backstage. You know, he actually watches people's matches and gives his comments on it. And that's, mm-hmm. you, wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't think that he, you know, someone like him would just care. You know, he watched, mm-hmm. you know, when we, did, when we met for the first time, was at Nova Pro. And he stayed in the mm-hmm. back and just listened to music for the most part. And I was like, wow, this guy is insane. I, I'm, I'm scared of this guy. And then after um, we had like a four-way scramble tag match, you know, he, 
came and said, "Hey, you got good shit, man." So I got I got mm-hmm. I got a lot of time for Nick Gage, man. I really do. And um, we've had him booked for a couple times at New South, and it hasn't just it just hasn't worked out. I mean, it, his he stays busy, and uh, he's got deathmatch tournaments and stuff that he's just committed for, and we just have to keep mm-hmm. changing the dates. But uh, we got him coming to New South eventually. I just don't know when. Yeah, it, it's it's gonna happen. Uh, we we didn't get to talk to him about that last week when he was on, but. Uh, I've had uh, a few conversations with him personally about about New South, so uh, it, it'll happen eventually. Uh, I believe that. Yeah, it was actually supposed uh, to happen. Uh, oh gosh, it was supposed to happen. Um, I know it was supposed to happen on April 11th at the at that show, but he had something come up, and then it, it was supposed to happen uh, not to of Haas, like he was going to be a special mm-hmm. for that, but it didn't work out. And then right. I think another time before that, we've we've tried like three times. Right. To have him oh, and, and, and eventually it. it'll happen. So, oh yeah, yeah it eventually it'll happen. It'll be great. So, so you did some stuff for uh, Chikara before your hiatus. Is that correct or no? Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, I went up there for a weekend in uh, 2007. Okay. So when you came back, was there you know was that one of the first companies you reached back out to, or was there you know like a long stint before you? Um, you know, branch back out to Chikara, or, you know, how did that relationship open back up for you? Um, let's see. So I came back in June 2016. In January of 2017, uh, Ace Haven at Pro South had brought Mike down mm-hmm. for uh, uh, a seminar because he was doing a seminar loop. So uh, I went and took, took a seminar with him, and uh, he was uh, very happy to see me, you know, because, I mean, I had been out for such a long time. I haven't seen him since, like, 2007, and uh, he said I don't age, so I appreciate that. And uh, <laughs> it, was just, it was just good. And, you know, I, I've taken I've taken more Mike Quackenbush seminars than probably anybody else. Um, you know, it, it's probably the next best thing to be in training at the WrestleFactory is taking as many uh, seminar sessions with him in and out of the ring, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he did another one at Crux. I uh, took that one, and then uh, we took a van load to uh, Chikara on a Sunday for an hour of power taping. It was a live stream on IWTV in Chikaratopia. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. There was uh, an Alabama car load for that one in, uh, I think, 2017, 2018, something like that. So the relationship's always good. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to be on the roster officially for season 21 of uh, of the Action Arcade actually, this time around. Yeah, I mean, I don't want you to, you know, obviously you can't reveal too much, but, you know, uh, are, are the expectations high or, you know, what what, what can we expect from Combat Man Dan in the upcoming season? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's no telling. Um, you know, they ha- you know they're, they're very meticulous and, and, and thought well thought out uh, for their programs going on and, and their shows. And, you know, they had... You know, I had every I had every date for him down this whole this, for the rest of the year, um, and now it's kind of reduced to like, you know, you know, talking today. I was probably have I, they're, they're supposed to have three more shows since since all this went down. You know, they had the other shows, and then the Cybernetico was supposed to be in March, and it got pushed mm-hmm. back. And um, it kind of worked out that they taped a lot of uh, content for the Action Arcade. And uh, they're still able to do that because they do have their own studio with the Wrestle Factory. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're able to make uh, episodic content on Saturday mornings on IWTV mm-hmm. and Chikaratopia at 10 a.m. 
uh, Eastern or Central. It's 10th Central, <laughs> yeah. They, uh, I mean, Action Arcade has been awesome so far. It, it, it's very different from a fan perspective on my side. Like, you know, it, it's kind of funny to see a Chikara show where there are fans. Uh, it's kind of, it's a different version, like almost kind of like going to a bar show, except more wholesome. <laughs> Everybody I agree. wants to, you know, they want to get themselves over and they want to be a part of it and they want to, you know, they, they want the whole thing to just be fun and be cool. Um, but it, it's oddly similar. And then seeing Chikara with no fans is almost weirder than seeing a lot of other wrestling shows with no fans. It, it, does that change the dynamic for the, the folks working, do you think, a lot? I have no idea. I will be finding out very soon. <laughs> there you go. Um, they'll have a few people in the crowd. I mean, they're obviously, you know, going by the guidelines of not having too many people, and then they're not showing the empty arenas, and they are piping in some stuff and sweetening it. And, it, you know, I, kinda, I like that at least because I, I haven't really been enjoying uh, no crowd WWE just because it sounds, Please. you know, there's, there's obviously no crowd. And they're like ramping up the grunting and screaming and the uh, and the awkward mid-match conversations. I guess it's just weird. It just doesn't come yeah. off as natural right now. But I haven't well, been able to check out say, AEW. But I'm watching it tomorrow. So the, the beef, well, I know why you're watching it tomorrow. The whole world will be watching tomorrow to see our boy Shug Dunkerton. That's Catch right. That's right. Shug D, baby. The AEW World Title from Chris Jericho. I want to see that. But you know. Well, I can thank Daniel Perez for coming over. We're going to social distance and barbecue, and he's going to hook up his YouTube TV account at my house. Hell yeah. <laughs> so we're going to check it out, man. I've got a lot of time for Suge, man. He pretty much talked me out of quitting right after I came back. So He's a good yeah. guy. Uh, Fantastic guy. Yeah, super guy. Yeah, super guy. I love Suge and everything. I love when he posted with the, uh, the human gold belt, and you took the time to point out that it belongs to you. Of course. That's what I do. <laughs> who, who, whose belt do you think is bigger, New South or AEW's? Oh, ours. Oh, ours. All day. <laughs> There's, I, 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 I think it's, it's the biggest, the biggest, hugest gold belt in wrestling probably ever and ever will be. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's ginormous. When I first saw it, I have to be honest, and this was long before I ever came to work at New South. Um, I have to be honest, I was like, wow, that's... Um, I, I, I didn't have any... It's, like, it's like you think it's a rib, right? It's just like, I, is this a rib? Yeah, it's like, it, it, yeah, like, it, I get that this is, you know, more or less a gimmick, and, you know, it's a prop, but do we... I felt like maybe it was just too prop-ish. Okay, uh, but then you know the more I've seen like John Gresham held it and Tyler Matrix yourself, you know the the list of people that you know have given some prestige to this thing, and and it's just like you know what it does the does and then the, there's me. The, well, I just said you. Did you not hear me? I know, I know. Jeez. It's just funny because just it's the bad. other day when uh, whenever Dump posted like the six the six only only six champions in New South history, it's like. Odinson, which is he's like a legit like Viking god. He like him with the New South belt looks like a regular belt, like he's that big. <laughs> so it made sense. Uh, it's like and the then Cannonball Baron Black, which, Andre's hand. Yeah, and like 
and Baron Black, you know, he had he had two great lengthy title runs and fantastic matches, and you know he he got to see some success on AEW being on national TV recently, and then he got he got beat by Shug D, and Shug D held, only held the belt for 30 days or less, and mm-hmm. really got a lot of new eyes on our product because he was getting on on these like internet lists of ridiculously large belts and like just wrestling belt lists. Um, you know, he was, he was, he was the biggest name at the time right. that won our belt. And then, uh, you know, Baron mm-hmm. won it back and then lost it to Jonathan Gresham in Atlanta. Uh, we don't talk about Atlanta. You can, <laughs> you can bring that up with Brandon Williams and dump Sanders next week. And then, uh, <laughs> okay. And then, I most uh, certainly will. Then, Jesse, make a mental note of that. Atlanta. We have to ask about Atlanta. We don't talk about Atlanta. <laughs> um, it seems like, and it seems then, like uh, Brandon told me a story recently about about something going on in Atlanta, but but I, I don't remember the specifics. So. I'll, let, I'll let the promoters and owners talk about that one. It's more near and dear to their heart. But uh, uh, and then um, is, is you this going to get me a lot of heat? You know, I have to work there. Uh, right? Yeah, it's what it, it's fine. They'll forget it by the time shows start <laughs> back up. <laughs> right. They won't replace as, the as Cowboy me, Troy. I'm promised. Oh my God! <laughs> I God, I God love Troy. Troy. I, just, I, I, do, I, I just heard I just heard one of the funniest stories about him the other day about walking up to uh, uh, James Storm. Do you know this story? No, but I've got one too. But go ahead. Okay, so apparently he goes up to James Storm during a show, and he's got his cowboy hat on, and he, you know, I don't, I don't know now. I wasn't there. This is all secondhand. But apparently, you know, he walks up to James Storm. And he's like, "I'm the real cowboy around here." And James Storm just kind of looks at him like, "What in the fuck is this?" You know, like that's, he, got, I, that's gotta be it. Full throttle wrestling in Elkmont, Alabama. That's the only place I can think of both of those guys being the same place. And I believe it. So, I, I feel like I've heard that so, story. Now, well, uh, well, fast forward to to the match, and James Storm super kicks his head off, uh, like legit, <laughs> like legit, fucking super kicked him in the mouth. He probably and, asked from the Booker for a ref bump. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Cowboy Troy getting ref bumped all the time. He, he got a broke hip from some dude giving him an F five in a match because that's necessary. <laughs> but, oh Jesus! But no, um, at uh, at, at what full thought of wrestling. No, well, he's got he's got the hip of an eighty year old, um, and it was either IWA Deep South or FTW. Um, he uh, he he legit chopped Mike Quackenbush in the locker for no reason. I don't know why. And if you could have just you could have just seen Mike Quackenbush's just just shock and confusion as to why this referee just chopped the shit out of him. I don't know why. It, it was it was hilarious. We might have been just talking at that time, and you know Troy just chopped him. I don't I don't know why. Troy's stiff, man. He's stiff like that. He he walked up to me to my first show at New South, and he he did the whole, uh, you know, I'm cowboy Troy. I'm the real cowboy. I wear my cowboy hat out to the ring, and I was just like, he said, that's my gimmick. I said, wow. Nice to meet you, Troy. I'm John Gray. I'm I'm gonna walk over this way now. So <laughs> he's a character. He's a character. Me and him um, go way back to. He'll he'll let you know all about. He's a 17-year veteran, and we started out together. <laughs> it's true. 
He's a he's a seventeen year veteran. 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 Gotcha. Okay. Wow. Um, we get off the rails. <laughs> I didn't think oh, we got a lot to talk about when you got me on. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't expect us to bring up Cowboy Troy of all the people we're going to talk about. But um, yeah. Cowboy Troy with the run into yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's 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 change pace a little bit here. Um, there, there's two of you apparently. Yes, no, maybe, <laughs> not anymore. But yeah, we we had there was two of us for about a year. Okay, so so tell us about the fake CMD and and how this was not like. Uh, who who did the fake taker gimmick? Was it Brian? Uh, Brian. Brian Lee. Brian Lee. Brian Lee. Thank you, Brian Lee. Yeah, how. Well, was this Brian Lee versus Undertaker, or was this like I mean, kind of kind of paint us the picture here? Well, at the end of this, this 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 winds up being like my favorite storyline I've ever been a part of, and I'm always going to talk very highly about it. But um, you know, I met Daniel Perez at New South. He came for the Tommy Dreamer show, and he did the Tommy mm-hmm. Dreamer seminar, and we kept ribbing him. It's like and this is before he had facial hair or long hair. So, you know, both of us had short hair and clean cut. So everybody's oh, real, real quick, like, real quick, he could he yeah. could almost be, he could almost if he would just like maybe lose the facial hair and grow the chops out a little bit more, he could almost pass as a skinny Elvis. <laughs> He's amazing, man. Um, so, so we ribbed him for a while. And cause he was like Daniel Devine at the time. He wasn't even the hot Kamali yet. He was wrestling for Mickey Henry and Boaz at the time and, 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 and Pro South. He hadn't debuted for New mm-hmm. South. And we were trying to figure out, this guy's a good kid. He comes and sh- he shows up. He helps put the ring up, helps takes it down. He's done a couple spots where there's getting squashed, you know, in the pre-show or by Odinson and whatever. we got to find him something to do because we like this kid. And that's, hey, that's mm-hmm. a secret to any wrestling people out there. If you want to get used... Be a likable person and help. It's way easier mm-hmm. to write things for people you care about rather than mm-hmm. somebody that's mm-hmm. an asshole. Unless you're just really good. You don't have to be good. You just have to be nice and easy to work with, and you can get books somewhere, just about anywhere. That's like my career is just being nice and easy to work with and show up. But anyway, so we were trying to figure out a, a way to get this guy a spot on the show. And then uh, Donnie Primetime at the time, now Donnie Janella, was putting together a faction called the the, uh, the Featured Attraction. And it was a bunch of, like, movie stars and people trying to get famous and make movies or whatever. So he actually had uh, Dana Perez in a pair of my other gear that I didn't wear anymore, and they hid him under the ring. So during my match with Donnie Primetime at, um, at Winter Wars uh, that year, I got thrown out. Lights, camera, and action pushed me under the ring, and then out comes Daniel Perez from the other side of the ring and lays down one, two, three. And then I come back out, and the crowd's like, Whoa, oh, my God, there's two Cabana Man Dans now? And um, and that's where it started. And he, we, would, we just always would have contact together. We didn't have a singles match for a long time, but, you know, we, just, we were always in each other's business. And then um, at the anniversary show in uh, 2018... There can only be one. You know, the winner of the match gets the full rights to the name Cabana Man Dan and the move set and likeness. So there, there can only be one. And he shocked mm-hmm. the crowd by winning in a, in a horrible match. But 
that's, that's, that's really here nor there. We just we tried really too hard on a lot of stuff that just did not work, and right. it just there was just a lot of stuff that was out of our hands that just messed up in that match. But anyway, mm-hmm. he wins the character. He's the real Cabana Man Dan. I have to just be Dan, so I had to wear wrestling shoes. I, I, I got black trunks on. I'm going by Dan, and 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 that's just me. I'm just like a a wrestler now. I had to wrestle and do wrestling moves and stuff. So, you know, he was causing havoc as the real Cabana Man Dan. We really tried to make it like, are you familiar with the real Nature Boy Paul Lee? Yeah, I, I, I unfortunately am. <laughs> we, tried to, we tried to model his whole gimmick as being me plus Paul Lee put together, just a real obnoxious, over-the-top guy. And um, it was fantastic. And then we finally had the blow-off match in February a year later. And, uh, you know, if, if, I, if I win, I get everything back. But if I lose, I was going to leave New South for good. And it was the main event. And we just beat the crap mm-hmm. out of each other. And, you know, it was, it was one of the, my hottest matches ever. And, you know, I, I tapped him out. And, you know, there was people in the crowd crying. I had tears running down my face because it was just so emotional because everybody was all in on it. And um, then he just came back a few months later as the hot tamale. But uh, that was my favorite feud ever because it was so, so wrestling. It was just a wrestling feud. Like it was just pro wrestling at its finest, like old school. I also oh, yeah, think it speaks. I, I think it speaks a lot to you know the entity of Cabana Man Dan. And one of the things that I've always really dug about that is, like you kind of touched on earlier whether it's death matches or regular matches or whatever you're doing, you kind of don't have to change all that much. And I think that just speaks to the strength of, you know, the actual, I won't say character, but, you know, the the, the, the person that is Cabana Man Dan. <laughs> um, yeah, curious, you really like, don't what, change much in me. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Go ahead. Sorry. Was there, uh, what was the, you know, the impetus behind Cabana Man Dan? Where did Cabana Man Dan emanate from? Uh, it sounded like a cool name, and I, I was backyard wrestling in high school, and that's just the name I chose to be, and I wanted to be like an Islander guy and, you know, use my Filipino roots to be a different wrestler than anybody else because there's, no, there's not a lot of Islander people, and that's just where it came from. And it's just funny that the name got to stick with me since 1999, you know. That's amazing. Trampoline wrestling. You just you just bled all the way into that. That's that's awesome. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, we we were backyard wrestling in the Attitude Era, uh, wrestling on trampolines every Saturday, and and in my little tiny town in Alabama. And then a couple years in, me and another guy go to a movie gallery to rent some wrestling tapes, and then the lady there gave us a heads up on a wrestling show twenty minutes down the road. And uh, that's where we got trained gallery, at, in Center, Alabama. A movie gallery and trampoline wrestling, which, by the way, my backyard federation was better than your backyard federation. I'm oh, ours, was, ours sucks. So. It, no, it, no, I have very ours, fond ours of it, but it's hard to watch. Mine had J.C. Bailey in it, so you can kiss my ass, okay? Wow. Okay. <laughs> Man. I remember watching a J.C. Bailey and Necro Butcher match live in Alabama, and they just could not break that beer bottle over Necro's head. Was that the one where Necro, Necro swallowed the glass? 
Like he, no it, he did like the the light tube gimmick or whatever and swallow glass. Uh, I remember. Sure. I, I remember I the bottle. I remember the bottle spot, but I don't remember if it was the same match that he broke the. They did like the chin breaker uh, deal. Could be. And he, uh, yeah, he he actually swallowed some of the glass. It was pretty sick. <laughs> so explains a lot. I, I think Tony Necker Butcher. Well, I, I think, yeah, I was gonna say, I, I, I think he's done lost his marbles. <laughs> but, wow. Yeah, it's something yeah. I, I like him. I do, but I, I, I honestly think he is a proponent for don't ever do acid. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. This is this is what happens when you do too much acid in your life. Um, so. Uh, no, I, I like I like uh, I like him. He's a great guy, very smart guy. Um, I don't really get along with his taste in sports because I don't understand baseball. You throw a ball, you hit a ball, you catch a ball. It's not very difficult. It's not a very physical sport. Um, but then again, speaking of, let me let me ask your opinion real quick. Maybe you can help settle a settle a, a personal argument for me. Is is okay. golf a sport? Sure. Is on the ESPN. <laughs> well, well, now to be fair, poker's on ESPN. Come on now. Hey, that's the sport, sport of the mind, baby. Are you serious? Come on. Hey, what about e- I, esports? I'm for it. It's, it's 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 you know all sports is some sort of competition, whether mentally or physically. So I'm for it. Well, if that's the case, then then why isn't chess on ESPN? I'm sure it has been. Imagine the gathering tournaments have been on, been on ESPN. No, yeah, there's I definitely been, been chess been really. on ESPN. Oh yeah, there's bowling, chess. That's weird. Now I do know, I do know bowling's on there, and and I I, I kind of quasi understand bowling, but not really. But you know, I think that's because I've only bowled like I think the highest I've ever done is like a twenty-three. Like yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Horrible. <laughs> I'm not athletic at all, okay? I'm lucky to be a fucking referee. Well, let's just get that out there, okay? Uh, I do well to count to three, uh, so yeah. Let, let's 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 move along. Well, I think we've we've talked a lot here. You know, I'm looking over some of your bio stuff, and you you wrestled in 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 a very short span of time, I do believe, one of the biggest of the big men, and probably the smallest of the small men. <laughs> <laughs> in professional wrestling, and Scott Steiner and Swaggle. Um, tell us about those two, <clears throat> those two particular instances, and the differences, and you know, preparing for the size and the styles that these two guys work. All right. So, this was at the AIW show during the Collective last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So just earlier that early in that week, um, John Thorne sends me an email. He's like, "Hey, you're gonna be, you're gonna be in New Jersey for many week." I said, "Yes." I was like, "I mean, I, we might need you. Just kind of be open. I'm not sure yet." I was like, "Okay, well, I'll be there." So I get a call at 9 p.m. because the show started at 11:59, right before midnight. So I get a call from Doctor Dan. And he's like, "Hey, are, mm-hmm. are you around?" I was like, "Yeah, uh, I'm, 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 I'm at my Airbnb. I'm in walking distance. I'm about to head that way. What's up?" He's like, "Okay, well." When you get to the White Eagle Hall, get with Swaggle and Scott Steiner. You're, you're in their match now. And I was, I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you're in their match. They need you. I was like, oh, okay. 
I was like, this has got to be a, a rib. So I'm walking and I see Swaggle. I said, hey, hey, hello, I'm I'm Jason. I'm I'm wrestling Kabam and I'm in your match tonight. He goes, he's like, he's kind of looking at me up and down. And I think we've passed each other before at like Black Level Pro or something. So he's seen me before. And then he kind of looks at me up and down. He's like, how tall are you, Dan? I go, I'm 5'3". He goes, you're too tall. Shit, you're too tall. Scott Steiner Scott, Scott wanted another midget. He's going to be pissed. He's going to kill us. And I was like, what the hell did I just get myself into? So I go upstairs, and they have just like this little closet dressing room for Steiner and Swoggle and, and me. So I'm just sitting in the floor getting ready, just in, in a room with two like wrestling legends, especially like Scott Steiner, the living legend. Got lots of respect for him. And I'm just, and then there's me. I'm just sitting in the corner of this room as these guys put their match together. And what he wanted was another midget to come out and get roughed up by Hornswoggle. Well, they got me. So I'm in this match. So I'm getting um, German suplexed around by Hornswoggle. And then later on, Scott Steiner was giving me the belly to belly overhead and side belly and hit me with a chair and everything else. And I'm just like, this is the most surreal. This is a fever dream to me. This is not, this should not be real. Why am I here? Uh, it was just wild, man. It's like, so Steiner introduces me as, as the uh, as Andre the Giant of Midgets. And then I come out to short people. And then I walk <laughs> out and I get like a mob. I get a, I get a nice little pop, you know. I didn't know what they were expecting. They get Cabana Man Dan. They're like, what the hell is going on here? And then... um. You know, I get bumped around a little bit, and I get like looking back as I know why I'm in this match because there's stuff, there's a lot of stuff that Swaggle couldn't do to Steiner, and there's stuff that Steiner couldn't do to Swaggle, and I'm there to shine them up, baby. But uh, I, it was a, it was nothing but a pleasure, and I will tell anybody this story because I just it was just wild because you know the week the week of the show Steiner calls Thorn and is telling them, hey, I want another midget, and they couldn't find one. They couldn't find one that was a reasonable price. Like they, they found one, one guy, but he wanted a lot of money, wanted to get flown in. It just wasn't in the budget, so they just asked around. And I had just done their their tryout show the month before, and got on their main show. So I guess I was just fresh in the mind, you know. And I, I enjoyed my times at AIW and would love to go back there one day. And um, you know, it was just cool, cool. It was just a cool night. It was just a cool thing to me. I mean, that's just that's a crazy amount of talent to be in the ring with that way you know i mean it's kind of it, it's it, the idea that they couldn't find a reasonably priced midget is sort of a it's, it, i didn't know it's i didn't know midgets exactly. were, were yeah i didn't know they were high priced oh they are oh yeah they get paid way more than regular wrestlers i mean yeah i mean at least to my knowledge it's just my assumption but oh and another another funny story in that match is Apparently, I was kind of confused, so I missed a, missed a cue in the match to get back in the ring. So, uh, apparently, I was supposed to brawl with Steiner and Swaggle again, and I was just kind of just on the outside watching. And then Steiner goes over to me, and he goes, Get in the ring, motherfucker. I go, Oh, no. He, he's going to kill me. This is it. He's going he's gonna to stiff me. He's going to drop me on my head. All this other stuff. He gives me, a, he gives me a, a, the side belly. I was like, Okay, that's cool. That was nice, and then out of the corner of my eye, I see him picking up a chair. I go, "Oh my God, he's gonna he's gonna cream me. I'm dead." And he just he totally brothered me on the chair, and then uh, 
picked me up for the, the, the overhead belly to belly. He's like, tuck your chin, kid, and just threw the shit out of me. And uh, he's a very strong guy still. But, uh, you know, he was, he was great. Quiet guy, though. And then uh, Swaggle the whole time. He was so nervous. It was hilarious. He was like, please, you know, he was like wanted me to just call the match over and over again with him. And he's like, I, he wants to give me an overhead belly to belly. I'm just, I'm scared. I'm just, I'll just be honest with you, I'm scared is what he was saying to me. But they got through it. It was, it was enjoyable. You know, it was, it was a great thing. The real question is, have you ever been to the Shoney's in Ackworth? No, I have I have not been. Um, I, I, I I would like to. I just never that's, really uh, in Georgia much. That's a bucket list wrestling trip for me personally. Um, <laughs> yeah, just don't ask about the ham cubes. Yeah, no, fuck no. I uh, I'm a, I'm a big supporter of, of the Conrad Cats, and I've heard the I've heard the stories. Um. The uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about specifically, you know, I, one of my favorite spots that I've ever seen pulled on anything was you versus Marco with the Humungold. <laughs> um, it was one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my life. And it kind of brought to light for me a different kind of question where, like, you you got to travel around with that albatross of a fucking belt. And I'm kind of curious, have you ever had any kind of, like, weird stories about getting that thing through or making sure that you had it or people being like, yo, where's that belt? <laughs> All of the above. Okay. So the first time I flew with it, I, I, I don't know where I was. I was flying somewhere in the Northeast. I don't remember if it was for Flying V or, or for Chikara or, or, um, or anything like that. I don't, I don't remember. It might have been primetime in D.C. But anyway, so I've got it in my bag. And I pack super light, you know. I'm 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 a spirit flyer. Uh, I've got everything in a nice little backpack, even the belt. I've got everything with me. So they pull it out at, at the Atlanta airport. I'm thinking, oh gosh. And then they they they're like inspecting it and stuff. Oh, I'm just a I'm a pro wrestler. This is this is my championship. And they're like, you this guy, this five three hundred fifty pound dude that owns this huge belt. I'm like, yeah, that's me. And then they, they, you know, they run it through the machine. And that's cool. And then they pull out swabs. They start swabbing the belt for I don't know, I don't know what. I don't know if they're like seeing if there's like bomb residue or, or blood. I, I don't know. I have no idea what they swabbed it for. I didn't ask. I just got my belt and, and left. So that was that was that time. And then um, we had a crazy trip um, back in November where where there was three of us: me, Donnie, and Daniel. Uh, I was booked for Beyond. Uh, beyond uh, uncharted territory on a Thursday, and then um, serious, uh, extremely serious wrestling in, in in New York City on Saturday or on Friday, and then uh, primetime on Saturday. So I'm carrying this belt, and I was like, you know what? I I, I can't just have this in my bag because I got to pull it out all the time. So I've got to put it in some sort of bag, and I'm I'm tearing my house apart trying to find a bag that I can close it up and carry it and be easy to travel with because Baron. Baron Black actually gave me some advice. I was like, hey, man, you got any advice traveling with this thing? He just laughed. He's like, just put it in a pillowcase. So I grab a pillowcase in the dark at like 5 in the morning before I left. And then whenever I'm in the airport, I realize this is like the oldest, most nastiest, dingiest pillowcase with like drool stains, like dog vomit. Just It's just disgusting looking. So I'm, I'm, but the thing is, it worked out good because obviously there can't be anything of value in this nasty-ass pillowcase. So I'm just toting it around, and then whenever I was taking a bus, I had put it under the bus in that storage, and then whenever we stopped and was getting our bags out, 
the guy was passing all of our bags to me. He got to that pillowcase. He didn't want to touch it. <laughs> so I had to crawl under the bus and get it. He just, he just looked at me. He was like, I ain't here. Come get this. I was like, okay, man, I got you. And then um, uh, people always want to see it, you know, whenever I had it at Beyond. Like, people was like, I've seen that belt. That belt's amazing. And, like, the first time I had it and went to Black Label Pro, Mikey up there, as soon as I walk in the door, he's like, did you bring it with you? I go, yeah. So he, he got to hold it, and then it's been, it's been all over Twitter uh, lately because with, with, with Shug D wrestling Chris Jericho tomorrow, you know, there's right. lots of photos of him going around with the belt, and then the photos of me going out, and then Drew Cordero at, at Beyond wants to wrestle for it. And, you know, it's just it's a story, and, it, you know, it's its its own thing. That It's, it's, a, it's a gimmick in, on top of a gimmick is this belt. And, right, um, yeah. It, it's, just, it, it's been a treat, and I, I, I tried to be – the best champion I can be with it, and and the best way I think I can be with it is get as many people to see it as possible and get more eyes on it for the brand. And I think I've done a pretty good job with that. Absolutely, absolutely. If you want to know more about the big gold, or as my producer calls it, the human gold, um, oh, I, I you can tune in. Yeah, you can tune in next week. We're gonna have Brandon Williams and Dump Sanders on. They are the uh, the brains behind New South, and I look forward to hearing the story of New South from beginnings to the creation of the Human Gold uh, and um, the Hoss Tournament, just all kinds of fun stuff that we're going to talk about next week uh, right here on the Real Side of Wrestling, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, man, we've already been on an hour. I didn't realize, I didn't realize that. Shit. Oh yeah, I mean, right. that's how I go. I get, I get long in the tooth. I got a lot to talk about. I got tons of stories, and you know, usually it's uh, you blink, and now it's an hour and a half in. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Jesse, what else you got for him? Man, you know, um, I guess one one thing that we haven't touched on, and I feel like it's obligatory at this point a little bit. We talked a little bit about uh, pandemic stuff. You know, uh, obviously as a worker you're affected the same way a lot of others are in the sense that there's fucking nothing going on. Um, but the, you know, as, as a person, as a family man, as all that other stuff, balancing, so on and so forth, that's that's a big deal too. But what, like, what was the last show that you worked? What do you want to do when we return back to normal? And uh, how are you how are you handling everything in between? It's, a loaded, it's like an Oreo cookie of a question. <laughs> well, the last show I worked was um, Southern Underground Pro in Nashville, um, March. I ran. I actually uh, found the venue for that, and I ran your music on that. <laughs> oh well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> at the Exit Inn, the the yep. replacement for the Basement East at the time. And what's crazy is, as soon as that show was over, is whenever Nashville shut the bars down. So I mean, we literally got in by the skin of our teeth on that show. I do have a, yeah, I, I got a weird story about that. That actually happened during the show. Uh, so I oh, used really? to, I was the talent buyer for Exodin for like 10 years. Um, <clears throat> that was that was my job before. I worked for a dive bar there now, Springwater, which is like the Southern Underground Press sponsor. But um, we, when the Basement East thing happened from the tornado, which is like almost nobody even remembers, <laughs> we got devastated by a fucking tornado. Yeah, and just because the pandemic to, thing it's happened. It's hard to see what qualifies as news because of the, the pandemic. So, But I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. 
it, it was just instantaneous. It was crazy the way that, that turned around. But the um, you know because of the tornado, obviously Beast went down. And I'm I'm friends with the owners of Beast. They're great people. They they should they're set to be rebuilt by the end of the year. Um, I super hope they continue to throw shows. I've helped a handful of different wrestling shows find homes in Nashville, and I was happy to help um, Koo and everybody involved with Southern Underground Pro find a new home for that one show. And then that day while we were there, like, the ring didn't fit. There was this whole fucking, like, I mean, it fit in the room, but there's, I don't know, it's a long story, but <laughs> we had to make it kind of catty-cornered, I'm sure you recall. Oh, yeah, um, weird. And uh, and then as I'm, like, going through dealing with the venue to everybody else, Manders and Jaden brought in this hay for their bunkhouse brawl, and the fucking people from the venue were freaking out about it because they're like, we're going to clean this up. I'm like, I got it. It's cool. <laughs> trying to, like, tamper yeah, trying to tamper everything down, but then, yeah, I got, got asked to do the, the music in the middle of it. So that was your last show. Yeah, it was. I guess yours too. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I will tell you this: I'm New South dodged a bullet having that having the host tournament the week before. This really went down bad. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but, it kind of it kind of set the stage of, of like this is that was probably like the best host tournament that we've had in three years, and one of the best all over shows that we had on night two, and you know right before all this happened. So I mean. It went out with a bang, and, you know, I hope we get to come back in the summer. Let me let me ask you real quick, just to just to change course real quick on the on on the entire show. What are you, what are your thoughts on the way that you know we as a country have responded to this pandemic? Well, as far as the country itself, I feel like we've responded okay. It's just down to the individuals that don't take it seriously or. Not not even serious enough to and to not put others in danger. I mean, I I'm not on lockdown, but anytime I go in a public area, I social distance, I wear a mask, and I I, I use proper hand and body sanitation, and I just try to take all the precautions and be as careful as I can because I don't want to bring that home to my family. I just wish that others had the same respect. You know, I I I don't think wearing having to wear a mask in public is any sort of, uh, I don't know, punishment, or I don't feel like the government's owning me or, any, or anything like that. It's not a, it's not a big deal to me. So it's not freedoms being taken from me. I mean, it's just what you got to do. You know, I, no, I don't I, have. I, 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 need a, I need a haircut. My hair is getting long. I haven't been to the gym. They're open. I'm still not going to go. So when 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 yeah. did wearing a mask become mandatory? I'm just saying, when in places that it is, oh, got you. Um, okay, okay. Pe- people think that it's taking away their liberties or whatever. I, it's it, it's what you just have to do during a pandemic to protect others around you and yourself and people that you come in contact with. And 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 I respect your opinion. I, I do. Now, I personally, I do social distance when I'm out in public. I do not wear a mask. Um, not because you know I'm I'm you know I don't care if I spread it or any any of that. I just. I just choose not to wear a mask. I just, you know, I, I, wear um, I don't more go to very many. Protect me. <clears throat> right, right, right. Um, and, and, and again, I don't, you know, I don't judge those that wear them. I, I would hope that, you know, uh, those that wear them do not pass judgment upon me for choosing not to wear it. Uh, you know, I feel like, you know, 
the the biggest problem in this country is everybody has an opinion on what somebody else is doing and whether it's right or wrong. Um, I feel like if we got back to mind our own fucking business, it might th- you know things might might be a little better. <laughs> you do. Yeah. You let I mean, I'm with you on and, that. Like, you know, I I get annoyed if if I'm doing my part to try to protect others and myself, but then people around me want to be up in my business and bringing their family of seven into a Walmart, and they're all like, right. I can br- I can feel them breathing. I had one guy sneeze, and I felt water droplets hit my arm, and I almost died. I felt like I'd just bury me. Uh, just go ahead. Are you, and get are, you a germ- it, are you a germaphobe? No, I just don't want a guy sneezing on me. He sneezed, and it, it hit. Well, no, no, I, I get that. I get that, but, you know, I, I was just curious. Um, and, and, and I'm again, not a germaphobe. It, I, just, it, I, don't like, I don't like dirt. You don't like dirt? Um, I don't like... No, I don't like getting my feet muddy. I don't like, I don't like playing with slime. I don't, I don't do well. Like if my feet are wet, if I'm wearing shoes, I'm, I'm revoking your man card. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> That's kidding. just my thing, and it's like if my daughter wants to no, make no, my no, pies, I, I, get I just it. shudder. I, I, I shudder at it. It's gross. My, hmm? my biggest pet peeve. I'm with you on the wet feet. I cannot stand for my socks to be wet or my shoes to be wet. You know, yeah. like if if I, it just I I can't I can't handle it. Uh, so, so I understand I you, why you know, kids everybody... like to make slime. I, it, I played with slime for the first time and didn't want to like gag because I just I just don't like the I don't like the texture and the feel on my hand. I don't like I don't like my hands being sticky. I mean, this is this is real rich from the guy that wrestles at IWB Mid South barefooted. But uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, I mean, how how the hell did what the, Jesus Christ? I don't mind. I don't well, mind. I dirty completely feet. forgot that you had done an IWA Mid South shot. Oh yeah, several. several what well, what was that experience like? Uh, it was a long drive, but uh, <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. It, you know, I, I did IW did IW Mid South a long time ago, and then you know about a year ago, you know, I did them a couple times mm-hmm. since I come back. You know. It was more. It was. It was. Well, it was help my boys from Alabama get it. You know, get an eye on them, and they. You know, they. They could use me on the show, and it's like, well, if I come, can you use some of my guys? And it, was, it was like a. It was like a bargaining deal. I want to get my guys exposure, so you know, I'm willing to go up there mm-hmm. for them. All right. Okay. Just curious. Uh, I, you know, a lot of people. Have I mean, no, I, varying no, opinions no, on out of the south. You know, it, you know. Again, I, I I wasn't really fishing for oh, you to no, you know knock the company or anything like that. I just you know curious about your overall experience. And and the first thing you went to was it was long drive. It was long story, drive, but, but the, I work I work Christian Haim uh, at Ida Bay Mid South, and then mm-hmm. um, of all people mm-hmm. that watched the match to give me pointers and Chris at, at the same time advice was AJ Styles. So I've I've always got a lot oh, wow. of AJ Styles because he didn't have to watch our match, and he sure as hell didn't so have to that, give us that was any a advice long time on ago. it. Yeah, yeah, he wrestled Joker from Blackout that night, so that was like '07. Okay, yeah. AJ's a good dude, man. Okay, that was, that was way um, like my most recent interaction with AJ Styles was at uh, he uh, was at Raw in January of last year. Uh, Blake Christian got to work uh, like a. A tryout or like a practice match, not a tryout match, but a practice right. match against another kid. And then um, AJ came to the uh, extras locker room and pulled them aside and gave them, you know, gave them advice. Good stuff. I mean, he didn't have to do that, but he's a nice guy. No. Yeah, and I like Blake Christensen too. I think that kid's got a bright future. He is. Uh, oh yeah. 
he is one hell of a talent in the ring, and he's got a a great mind. Uh, and, and I tell you, somebody else I was really impressed with was uh, Alex Zane. That kid. Oh yeah. I'm I'm surprised he's not somewhere. Um, you yeah, know, I mean, th- th- this pandemic hurting guys like them more than anybody else because they're the hottest they ever were, and then everything mm-hmm. just gets shut down. Which I'm sure when everything picks back up, those are going to be got. They're going to just pick up where they left off. You know. Well, and you know, I'm I'm really curious as to whether or not the new norm is going to be, you know, fifty, sixty people tops, you know, being able to come and and view a show um, uh, live. And and while while I understand that we're talking indie wrestling, and for some companies that may be the norm if they draw that. I get that. Yeah. Okay, I'm not yeah. talking about those companies. Uh, yeah, they'll be drawing so, twenty now. Right. I mean, if you know, again, even if they, yeah, even if they get that, um, you know, I'm not talking about the companies that you know sell all their tickets to you know the family members and you know stuff of that nature, and that's how they sell out. I'm I'm talking about you know the ROHs, the GCWs, the uh, AIWs, the uh, Black Label Pros. You know, these companies rely upon uh, the revenue of the, the fans to come in and not just purchase the merchandise, but purchase the tickets, purchase the DVDs, etc. and so forth. You know, if we're, if we're social distancing and, and this is going to be the new norm, the impact, the overall impact, on independent wrestling as you know as a whole is going to be catastrophic. Yeah, I mean we don't have billionaires running our things and we don't have corporate sponsors and TV time that we get paid for. So it's it's going to be a challenge, you know. Either the ticket prices will have to go up or you know, maybe smaller cards or or something, but I mean or more sponsors, I guess. But uh, you know, if we have a 200 crowd, 200 person crowd at New South, and everybody has to be six feet apart, side, side to side, and back to back like that, I mean, now you're talking 50 people. You know, you know, there's there's other options, outdoor shows or open air arenas, amphitheaters. You know, I want to do some mm-hmm. drive-in wrestling. Hey, yeah, I I, I don't think that's a bad idea. Now, who put that? Who put that on Facebook? Was that Bob Evans or somebody? I have no idea. I'm just I'm just speaking from. about it. So as a you know, I've always wanted to do shows at my stupid little dive bar, but we ain't got no room for it. So we could do like some no ring stuff or whatever. And my only other option was like, you know, we could do a drive-in show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that 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 could be a thing. Like you know, contact like a drive-in theater. I know there's a, a few several around, and they're talking about that drive-in theaters could get a boom after all this because people stay in their cars and enjoy the show and then you can just have a ring in the front and then just have some cameras set up and it projects it to the, to the screen. I mean, sure, why not? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's that. There's, I mean, or people watching the ring. That sounds you know fun. I mean? I, like, I'm for it. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think adaptation and creativity are going to be the keys ultimately, to get past, you know, um, all the complications. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, 
great great characters, great workers, great hands. Everybody, you know, once we get back to normal, I mean, that's that's going to be what survives. I, I I think that it kind of comes down to everybody wanting, like, continuing to want it, continuing to want to work, continuing to want to be in the business, and continue, you know, like, keep it on wanting to make it happen. And uh, that drive is easy to lose. I think a lot of people are suffering things like existential dread. Um, that's pretty normal, I think, for most people. Jason, have you felt that at all? <laughs> yes, every day before I went into work. And yeah. so I was let go from my job, and then I felt free for the first time in a long time. But anyway, yeah, I, 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 get, I get it, you know. You know, there's, a lot, of, there's a lot of people like, yeah. It's uh, it's just one of those things that I, I feel like everybody's there. But um, let me uh, I, we're probably going to go ahead and look towards tying this up. But one thing that I do want to ask you, I know I interrupted my own damn weird series of questions, but <laughs> earlier, uh, what yeah. do you look forward to the most once some like live with crowd wrestling starts to begin? Well, I mean, my, my outlook for this year was going to be uh, kind of regress versus 2019. My goal in 2019 was to wrestle as many places as possible, as many buzzworthy places as possible, and see how far I can climb the ladder of independent wrestling because that's been my dream in wrestling is to be, you know, a really good independent wrestler. I know that's kind of setting the bar low, but it's never been a WWE run or world champion or anything like that, you know, I got into indie wrestling because of indie wrestling, you know, because of guys like Mike Wackenbush and Amazing Red tearing it up. Uh, mm-hmm. That's just the level I wanted to be. I wanted to be at the top of this level. And um, that's what uh, that's what 2019 was all about. Now, 2020 was going to be a lot different. Um, it was going to be more aggressive. Like, I was going to focus heavily on New South, Southern Underground Pro, and then with being a... Uh, being full time with Chikara as far as on all their on all their you know shows and to go up there some on the weekends you know I know I say go just go up there but you know go from Alabama to Philadelphia on non Chikara wrestling weekends and and uh, work out in the ring up there um, learn from the best and then just bring it back down to New South you know just kind of transition all this traveling and road warriorness into just three three or four shows and and just calling those shows my home unless if something cool comes up. Real, real quickly, I just I just recalled something that I wanted to ask you earlier. I compared you in an, in an off-the-record discussion yesterday with producer Jesse to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in the aspect of I could not see you um, do anything other than a babyface gimmick. Uh, have you ever toyed with the idea of, you know, being a heel? And if so, you know, how natural do you think that would come for you? It is not natural to me at all. It's like, it's like rotten everything left-handed to me. It's, it, it doesn't feel right. <laughs> I'm not good at it. I'm horrible at it. And then mm-hmm. I just, um, I just kind of go for low-hanging fruit as a heel. Because at Crux Wrestling, I am a heel. I'm, I, I play a corporate office manager like Michael Scott as a corp, uh, cubicle man Dan and you know I wear right. the suit and I just I just try to channel my uh, uh, Vincent Man Stooges Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe energy and just be a goofy heel 
Uh, I, I don't do it. I'm curious about that, mainly mainly because uh, I just you know again I, I just I, I I can't see you as you know that that type of character you know, um, and and it's I know when me and Jesse, uh, yeah I know when me and Jesse brought it up when I brought it up to Jesse yesterday I think he agreed, you know it. it to be a heel, you just you gotta have that that mean streak side to you, and and I just don't see the the Girl Scout selling the Girl Scout cookie selling, you know, flip flop <laughs> chopping, you know, Cabana Man Dan, you know, being able to do that, you know, to a level that people would buy into it. You know? Yeah. Uh, now that being I, said, I you now that being said, you did kind of tease. On a couple of New South shows with some promos, kind of a a cockier, you know, I'm the big goat belt and I've got the hoss jacket, you know, um, persona. You weren't really a heel, but you know, it was one of those things with your promos. I kind of felt like, you know, where's he going with this? You know, is is he going to wind up turning on Dump Sanders when they team up? Because I kind of felt like that was the the vibe that was being painted there. Uh, and then when the match went off without a hit, I was like, okay, uh, that's not what's going to happen. So, you know, I wasn't sure. W- was that ever in the in the discussion for you guys? No, not at all. Um, the way the, the way we put that together, that match is, you know, I'm the champion. I'm serious. This belt means a lot to me. So I want mm-hmm. a serious Dump Sanders, and I want I want the best the best match that he could give me. And mm-hmm. that's just where it was. You know, I, I wasn't playing games. I wasn't having fun and smiling. You know, this is about carrying a company on my back and being a prestigious champion that I, you know, that that y'all that people deserve to have. And that, that's just where all that comes off. Is just it's just the seriousness and confidence. Right on. All right. Well, we will lead off there uh, as we do. Uh, why don't you tell people? Do you have like a pro wrestling tease or? Do you got some merchandise for sale out there? Tell them where they can find you on the Twitter, Snapchats, uh, Facebook, MySpace, uh, Cora, whatever social media site you use. Tell them where to find you. I um, think I covered them all. I, almost. I do have a TikTok as well, but I don't post much on it. A TikTok? But, uh, what the fuck is a TikTok? <laughs> it's like a vine Jesus. to me. It's like dance videos. I got, but. I got some of them out in my bushes. Do you, do you, do you need an extra vine? <laughs> I, I got some. Um, no, I, I do have a pro wrestling tease. Um, pro wrestling tease dot com slash cabana man dam. There's three designs up there. I'm currently. Um, I don't have any. I don't have a lot of merch on me. I have most like three and four X stuff, and I'll ship those out. Uh, if you want some of that, you can just reach out to me. But I usually just direct people to pro wrestling tees because it's easier. Um, but if you want to follow me. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at cabana.man.dan because some asshat is sitting on Cabana Man Dan. So I'm sure he's getting wow. some of my followers. But he's not even not even posting anything. He's just sitting on Give it up. And then, That's uh, crazy. Twitter, Twitter's Cabana Man Dan. Uh, YouTube's Cabana Man Dan. Facebook's Cabana Man Dan. Um, and I post some stuff. If you, if you follow anything I go on right now, during the pandemic, you'll see videos and pictures of my ducks and chickens, uh, do it uh, DIY projects, and just at-home stuff, cooking, grilling. I've grilled more during the pandemic than the rest of my life, so I enjoy. Are it. you part of? 
Are you are you kind of are you part of uh, Larry D's uh, Grill Dad's gang? I guess so. I mean, he's he's always grilling. Um, I guess I'm part of I'm part of hashtag Grilling Twitter now. Apparently, with uh, Papa Kenway and uh, Jason Klein. So it's it's nice. Um, I enjoy it. All right. Well, it sounds good. Cabana Man Dan, thank you so much for your time, man. It's been a great, great show. Uh, I've enjoyed hearing all the stories. We look forward to having you back on uh, in the coming months. Again, tune in next week, guys. We're going to have Brandon Williams. We're going to have Dump Sanders on. We're going to talk about New South, the big uh, humongous belt and uh, the Haas tournament, how New South came to pass, uh, the whole story, all that next week. Tune in. Um, until then, for producer Jesse, I am your host, John Gray. Cabana Man Dan, thank you, man. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, make sure to ask Dump how he met his little buddy, Cabana Man Dan, for the first time. That's a fun story, too. All right. Well, we'll make sure to do that. All right, guys, tune in. Oh, real quickly, I almost forgot. Shit. How could I oh, forget shit. this? Huge announcement. Yeah. I, Jesse, you, you're, I'm going to have to fire you. You almost let me forget the big announcement. You can fire me all you want to. It's your announcement. <laughs> hey, it's your you ship it's how you think it baby yeah well it, it it pretty much would so uh really uh real quickly for those of you that uh are part of the mdkc group on facebook starting next month yours truly and producer jesse baker will be doing a once a month show with the death hour uh, we will be featuring guests, and uh, those shows will be available for audio download uh, here on Blog Talk Radio after the fact. But if you want to hear them live and hear those uh, interviews with those guests, you've got to be a member of the MDKC group. So go look them up on Facebook and check out the Death Hour. It is a hell of a show, and we look forward to our uh, joint venture with them coming up. Uh, can't, can't say enough good things about those guys. They've been real supportive of what we do here and um, looking forward to, uh, to doing some stuff with them. So we're going to be fun. All right. With that oh, yeah, big announcement well. out of the way. Yeah. With that big announcement out of the way. Now we're going to go home. Uh, Jesse, let's go home. We're supposed to stay at home. What are you talking about? That's what, yeah, yeah. I can't go where I'm already at. You know what I'm saying? Jesus Christ. Thank you very much, Cabana Man Dan. Thank you so much, John yeah, Gray, Real Side of Wrestling. This is producer Jesse Baker. We are signing out.